This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated Teen G show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, newly promoted to his fourth pip, Daniel Prue, who finally accepted a command of his own. Captain Prue, what is it going to be like for the first blue shirt starship captain in Starfleet? You know, we have been working for years for equal rights for this. So I'm just going to say finally. uh, And yes, we can. Because here we are. We finally get our own ship. And I have the feeling we're going to just we're going to make history with this thing. Awesome. I notice it's it's kind of a tiny ship, though. I mean, it seems it's not little. the size of the ship, Philip. It's the strength of the sensor array. I know. I'm also joined by my second officer, newly promoted Lieutenant Commander Darren Moser. Uh, Darren, how are you adjusting to your new responsibilities? Well, it's great. Uh, I I still don't see why. Just because I'm moving up in the command track, that I gotta wear this red shirt now. But uh, no, I I, uh, I think um, I I'm looking forward to basically making you forget all about uh, about Mister Prue because you know you know he's just gonna he he is a legend, but he is about to be history. Whoa! Uh, all right, I I always encourage competition among my officers. Um, well, as folks probably can't tell from those introductions, um. We're tackling an interesting character topic this week, um, kind of a way to look at all the folks um, that we love in the next generation. And we're doing a topic this week about command styles. So uh, some caveats up front, um, not included on my list. I mean, we can talk about them, but I think they're going to kind of be last since they're usually talked about is we're not going to talk about Picard um, or Riker because they're usually, you know, in command. You know, they do rock, rock paper, scissors every episode. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna, we're kind of examine all the other characters and their sort of times in the in the big chair and, and how they sort of you know reacted and, and what character traits they they brought in when they when they sat in the big chair um, or you know had to figure out whether to keep the fish in the ready room or not. So the first character, of course, when it comes to putting characters in red, is going to be Data. Um, of course, Data is the, I, I know everyone listening knows this, but just to reiterate, Data is the second officer. So technically after, you know, Picard and Riker, he, he is next in line. Uh, he is the Speaker of the House of the Enterprise, I believe is how it's how it's Does how he it have goes. a wig? Is this Parliament? So, um, well, that hairpiece can come off, I assume, yes, according to uh, Generations. So, but but Daniel, you know, uh, uh, Data in red. Um, what do you think of Data's command style as a as you know, not just not just an operations officer or an engineer when he's put in command? What do you think? 
Well, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I, of course, I love it. I think it's great. Um, but when I was first thinking of this topic, when we were going to talk about it, and I know as a TNG fan that, that a lot of comparisons are often made between Data and Spock, even though they're technically opposite characters in a lot of ways. But they do have a lot of similarities. And, and one thing that you'll notice about Spock that has been talked about on, on places like Standard Orbit or, or you know, any other Trek form that you can think of is that usually when Spock gets in command of things, uh, it doesn't always work very well. He's not the greatest, you know, he's not the greatest commander. He's, he doesn't seek it. He doesn't want it. He just, and then he gives it up quite, quite readily when uh, the opportunity presents itself. But when Data does get, I mean, he, 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 it's not like he seeks it, right, of course, but he, he certainly uh, will recognize when it's not given, given his due. And um, I think the brief glimpses that we see of Data is he actually makes quite the competent officer. Um, and he also mirrors Picard's command style in a lot of ways, I think, because, you know, Picard is very uh, unemotional. He's very, when he's in command, he's very... Uh, you know, he, he's by the book kind of in a lot of ways for most of the time. And I don't know, but when data's, when data gets in the chair, I just feel like, man, what can't data do? There's nothing data can't do. That's, I mean, he can even dress up as a woman in a Western. (laughs) Yeah. And of course data is, I think, permanent fourth shift captain. Right. Um, so, you know, he, he's captain of the reduced lights. Eat your heart out, uh, Harry Kim. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Um, now, and I guess just to be specific, of course, uh, and, and you guys can correct me because I could be wrong, um, but Data's first command is the USS Sutherland in Redemption Part 2, which <laughs> he, he he strangles out of Picard's hold, I mean, reluctant hold um, to give him a ship. So, uh, Darren, what did you think of Captain Data on the Sutherland? No, it's a, it's a great episode, and uh, I mean, just... Data being in command is one of the the many strengths of that episode uh, in many ways. And, uh, I mean, it's a Nebula class. Love that class. Such a cool ship. Uh, kind of dinky bridge for for what we were <laughs> expecting. Probably should have been an Enterprise, uh, you know, a Galaxy-class module. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, no, it was, it was good I, in some ways, you know, because he's in this little tight bridge and he's right next to his officers and he's really got a... Uh, you know, take command and and just tell them what to do. And uh, I mean, obviously, the the greatest part of that is his foil, his first officer that he's, you know, that's saying is unfeeling and he doesn't care. And Commander McDouche, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so you know, seeing Data play off against someone who's not on the Data fan club, you know, that was interesting because so much of your command style is not so much, you know, did you detect the right tachyon signature or did you push the button fast enough, but how do you manage your team when your team doesn't believe in you? And I mean, we see, you know, the examples we see before with like Kirk and Picard and, you know, they're, they're already established captains. No one's, no one's saying, well, for this Picard, like we don't quite get him. It's like, no, he's, pretty quickly everyone just is on board so yeah it's a great great episode i really enjoy seeing uh data in command although he didn't change his shirt though for this he uh he stayed in his his gold you know and just real quick um 
that you just mentioned that like even Riker, we like we don't like we're constantly told that he's ready for command. Um, and and all of the characters that interact with him believe that and totally buy that. Like we've never we don't see that struggle to actually um, gain the respect and gain that authority with with either Picard or Riker. It's it, but with Data, I mean Data has you know ten times the the challenge because he's a robot. Uh, but but you know it's interesting that like both Riker and Picard, even from the beginning of the series, already command a level of respect that Data just doesn't get automatically i think it would have been really interesting to see data taking command of like a ship of vulcans like they just like (laughs) recognize him as one of their own and they're just like you're being very logical this i will do exactly what you say and there's eyebrows everywhere you know they they would treat him like the aliens in toy story (laughs) treat um it would just be like Data, whoa! <laughs> you have saved our lives. <laughs> we are eternally grateful. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, that we don't really get any Data Vulcan interaction in TNG, hardly at all, ex- except <laughs> except for Spock, and and that and Spock by that point is very not typical Vulcan. Like no. he, at that point, he's he's like fully realized past movie Spock. He's very okay with his kind of humanity part of himself. And, but we don't actually get like a straight Vulcan and data. Cause I, you're right, Darren, they would definitely get along. It seems, but it, it would be interesting just to see them play off each other, just to be able to explore the differences between those kinds of the way of thinking that they would have. Be the most well, efficient now, ship ever. The, well, the Vulcan, uh, doctor was introduced in a data episode. Yeah, but, but we man. don't get like one on one time. Like yeah. we, they don't talk to each other really. I mean, it's data, especially since data is possessed by a creepy old dude for most of that episode. So yeah, data's not having a good day. <laughs> no. Yeah, it is not data's day. Um, yeah, and, and I think it's sort of interesting. I would have, I would love to hear the complete laundry list from um, the racist Wesley first officer, like. Nobody would, you know, want a Klingon to be the counselor or a Vulcan to be the chef or a Ferengi to be... The, like, I don't know, like, how many examples he could have come <laughs> up with. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, yeah, because I, I think, you know, in, in on the Sutherland, I think... You, what comes to my mind when you talk about command is actually from Battlestar Galactica or the reboot um, when um, Admiral Adama is asking his son, you know, what makes a good commander? And he says it's about people. Um, and then that's when he makes his son the, the commander of the other of the other Battlestar. Um, but anyway, but, it, you know, it's that people skill, but which is interesting because I think in uh, Redemption – you know, you have that conflict with the first officer saying, well, you don't know people because you don't have emotions. And, like, Data sort of ends up playing this chess game against the Romulans and, and you know, kind of breaks orders and all this other stuff. Well, and, you know, we get that great scene later with Picard, which, again, is teaching us even more about command, where Data's like, I'm sorry, I know I messed up, you know, I know you're going to demote me down to exocomp, but, uh, <laughs> but Picard's like, you know... I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great line. I think if I can remember correctly, it's, you know, too many, uh, or the phrase I was just following orders has justified too many, a travesty, you know, in, in, in our, uh, exactly in Daniel. our society. And, you know, 
you know, so he, he commends data for sticking to his, you know, gut as it were, even though he has no gut. <laughs> and well, you know, and, and we get the great scene, the, the scene we've talked about before, the scene we all love of between data and Worf, and where he definitely gets people. He still understands. I mean, of course there are things that data ha- struggles with, but like in that scene when he's like, you cannot, you, you don't get to do that. Like you can't disrespect me like that, but Oh, in gambit and gambit. Yeah. yeah. But you, but you know, but like, listen, like you, you either, either you, you ship, you shape up or you're out. Uh, you know, but we're still friends, <laughs> right? Still buddies. You know, it's a great scene because it actually does show that data has a level of understanding, a level of uh, personnel management that would be needed, you know, for command. And, and he does a fantastic job at it. Well, and that's such an interesting dichotomy because, you know, in Redemption, we see him with another crew and then, but then in Gambit, we see him with our crew. And I mean, yes, it takes the, Rube Goldberg effect of the that what has to happen to put data in command. Well, Picard has to be killed, you know. <laughs> Riker has to be kidnapped, you know. The saucer has to separate, and all the command staff happen to be on a retreat, you know. Just all these things have to happen to put him in the chair. But you know, when he's there, you know he he knows how to treat Worf and and to and to but to still command. I mean, he basically gives this big timeout. You know, everyone freezes. He takes Worf over to his ready room and, uh, you know, ends his friendship. But no. Uh, what is the exact yes, fact that's what I was thinking? Um, that's <laughs> Mr. Belding. And that would make perfect sense because that would make Captain Picard uh, Mr. Belding. <laughs> right well Riker would be wait Riker would be AG we can do this Riker would yep. be Slater yep. I think that is you know Troy would be Kelly yep. um let's see Worf is Screech is that what no, we're doing here no Worf I, uh, would be AC Slater wait oh we already did that oh, yeah man. see you gotta think about this that's tough I don't know um Tin Forward becomes Max's <laughs> <laughs> And the stairs they always hang out with are, are at are uh, so the, uh, so the, the the very famous um, drug episode of Saved by the Bell. Would that be the the, the game where they the all game. get addicted? To- <laughs> I could just see Wesley going. I'm so excited. <laughs> we can keep going. Uh, we should probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So which which oh, one is Jimmy nice. Fallon? That's a good one. That, that's that's relatively recent though. <laughs> Also, quick Very question um, the ba- for the, like, the background information. Maybe you guys know this. I have never seen it on, on Memory Alpha. But um, the Sutherland. The Saved by the Bell? Yeah, because no, it's no. not covered. <laughs> no, <laughs> Saved by the Bell is really not on uh, Memory the, Alpha. The lot, Sutherland, but. who did, which data commands, the ship that data commands. Um, is, that, is that named after uh, Kiefer or Donald? <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I believe I'm it was a 24 sure class. is a traditional military name and military uh, ship name. Well, you know, it, and it's interesting. How, I think you said earlier that how, you know, theoretically everyone we're going to talk about steals from Picard, you know, as far as command style. But, you know, the little thing when uh, Data has his little chat with Worf and then Worf goes out and then Data does his little tug on the top of his tunic. <laughs> it's like, I see what you did there. <laughs> He's accessing his command uh, protocol. I mean, okay, you know, to, to, to shift shows for a second, I mean, 
It's not quite as cool as the, you know, ECH pips, you know, showing up. (laughs) I mean, you can't top that. You just can't. But still, you know, data, I could just picture data like I've created a new subroutine to command my peers, you know, accessing, uh, you know, discipline level one, you know, or something like that. <laughs> Is it like, in but, I mean, we, we all what know about that data, your commander? Well, we all know data could have just gone down to the holodeck, created one of those interface chairs like Barkley did in the nth degree and basically just owned the ship. Yeah. I mean, he really could have, he, or, or just plugged himself in that little USB cable he's got, you know, coming out of the side of his head. I mean, data doesn't really need other people, but you know, and I was actually thinking, you know, Philip, looking at your notes here, one of the episodes that you didn't mention where Data was in command um, is Brothers, because Data is definitely the boss in that episode. <laughs> de- that is true. Well, I, I didn't mean mutiny. <laughs> I didn't mean coup. Uh, tomato, tomato. I mean, really, <laughs> like, <laughs> no one can clear a bridge like Data. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's oh, see. I wanna, yeah. We want to evacuate. Why don't we just tell everyone that the air is being sucked <laughs> out of the room? That's going to get them out real fast. Go ahead, Worf. Shoot your puny puny phasers at the air and see what happens. <laughs> well, you know, it's and I know we've said it, but I'm going to say it again. I, you know, it's interesting that uh, Data has to fight literally, well, not literally, but like verbally at least, uh, for command and redemption. You know, kind of like, uh, by the way, Captain Picard, I am your second officer. I know you've, you, like, you made uh, Wesley a commander <laughs> of one of these ships, but technically I was supposed to be your next choice after Riker. Pulls out um, a diagram of, like, the command yeah, structure. <laughs> but, but you know, and I, we all know why. We all know why. But it's like, really, Data should have been next, you know, either first officer or, or his own command. And so, but it's interesting that almost, like, everyone else gets the nod, which re- kind of reminds me of something we've mentioned before that, like, in season one or two, like, it takes a couple episodes and seasons until we see Data, like, even touching the center seat. It's like, Jordy's getting turns before Data. Well, now, are we are we going to mention, you know, that shall, that shall not be named? You know, I mean, Data does change, you know, uh, he is being groomed to be the new first officer in Nemesis. Yeah. You know, that's true. And, you know, in my favorite deleted scene, you know, Picard tells him that one day you'll be leaving on a command of your own. You know, yeah, or, in another 25 or years or so. Good luck, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, and then we, we could talk data forever because, you know, always choose data. Um, <laughs> always but choose up. data. <laughs> But this is this is theoretically going to be a shorter uh, character topic, but maybe not. Um, but Beverly Crusher, you're like, well, she's the doctor, but yeah, she's actually Commander Beverly Crusher. Um, she didn't go to command school to be and called not doctor. That I'm a commander, Wait, but I'm actually lieutenant commander because in the military we can't just say lieutenant. <laughs> oh gosh, don't get me started. But yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, but she's she's a real for reals commanders um, and a blue shirt commander. Uh, so you know, there you go. Um, but she she has a couple interesting command opportunities. Um, Descent is 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 her first time commanding the Enterprise. You know, it's like, uh, hey, we're all going to go on the planet because I don't know that's what the script <laughs> says. So um, we're going to leave a skeleton crew, and then like Gregor's like, well, who are you going to leave in charge? And then it just cuts to like, <laughs> oh, it's Beverly. But it cuts anyway, to so uh, oh. yeah, I know. So so darren what do you think of beverly's turn in command and she does it a couple more times but that's sort of the first time well, she does and because that's where she's squaring off against the weird configuration board ship in orbit and i'm pretty sure she has to like break off and and 
doesn't yeah doesn't she she well again we get some great continuity in this episode because i think she accesses From suspicions yeah she accesses that metaphasic shield program you know uh that she was involved in and flies into a sun you know a la james kurt going back in time and uh <laughs> you know yeah i mean she she does really well and yeah you have to think even you know even if you're the cmo and even if you're you know, a commander, you have to, pro- she has to have some sort of, you know, bridge training, you know, in that sense. And she does really well. And I think, you know, if memory serves, people were kind of looking at her sideways, like, we're going to fly where now? You're going to leave the, leave them down there? You know, I mean, how many times do people have to make a decision to leave people? And it's always the best decision, but everyone, someone's always complaining, like, you know, we can't leave them there. Uh, but no, I think she's a great uh, commander. Uh, now, are we not counting Remember Me, where she's pretty much like the only crew member on the ship? I mean, I think that's a well, leadership opportunity. Makes, well, I think it makes perfect sense that she would be alone on that ship and commanding that by. Like, it makes complete sense. Why wouldn't that not? I mean, this entire ship was built for the two of us. To... Um, well, Daniel, what do you think about this uh, blue shirt in command? Let's not forget, guys, this woman was the head of Starfleet Medical for an entire year. <laughs> and Non-consecutively. <laughs> and, you know, that's canon. Like, that's part of the story of this woman. And it's something we tend to forget, but that's, a, like, I mean, like, I, uh, I am, like, that's a serious position. That's a serious leadership position. Um, and we don't really know why she's quit. Who knows? It certainly wasn't to come back to be with her son, because that... <laughs> was that when she gave her resignation to Starfleet Medical? It was like, I'm going to go spend more time with <laughs> Until he leaves three months from now. Um, <laughs> but that, that, I mean, she obviously has leadership skills. Um, but at least enough to, you know, fake it for a year. But but no, I mean, uh, in in that episode, she does really well. She does a good job. And it's not surprising because we get to see what uh, Troy has to go through later to become a commander. And and Crusher had already done that before Encounter, before Farpoint. Yeah. So, like... Like, even, even before she knew Geordi, she was more than willing yeah, to kill him. Exactly. Way before she knew Geordi. <laughs> so, she, you know, she had already been already had had leadership experience up before season one had all of this leadership experience that she had allegedly had in the lost season two when she was head of Starfleet Medical and then of course you know everything afterwards as well so it doesn't surprise me that she actually is a competent leader and then of course what we get to see with what she does in all good things yeah that makes sense that that this woman you know, maybe not the best of the doctors, but maybe she's a she's just maybe she's just supposed to tell other doctors what to do. Yeah, they actually only have <laughs> well, you know living people on the bridge of uh, the Pasteur. It's all EMHs <laughs> running the, the vast medical wings. Well, you know what they say: those doctors who can't doctor come out. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Isn't, isn't that the saying? Is that not? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, you bring up all good things because, of course, she becomes the other Captain Picard on the USS Pastor, um, and so and, and and I guess becomes a red shirt, but she's a blue shirt, red shirt. That still messed me that. up so much. Like I, I literally thought all the uniforms were just red. I didn't realize that was supposed to be like command red. Well, that's because. Uh. 
That's pretty. We even on. Oh, I'm not even gonna get into the colors again. Let's not even talk about it. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think when, when I think about you know, we haven't done our Beverly episode yet, so spoilers. <laughs> but like, I think one thing about spoilers. Beverly almost, <laughs> almost is... hundred episodes in, we have not done one of our major characters yet. But okay, we promise we're gonna me. get her done before uh, before a hundred. <laughs> before the star's corona explodes. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, a lot of times with Beverly, and I'm just thinking in my head, but is that, um, you know, when, like, Picard or someone, like, tells her something, like, or explains something to her or, like, suggests something, she has this sort of, like, don't talk to me like I'm an idiot tone. Like, she's like, yes, Jean-Luc. I do know that. <laughs> you know, like, there's, and, like, or, like, you know, War's like, oh, we have to leave, Doctor, like, or you know no oh no I have to treat my patient war like because like I, I almost I almost get like this theory that y'all are saying that like I was head of Starfleet Medical <laughs> okay guys I know what I'm doing well you 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 left you know <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well and and it's and it's and you know uh, the next person we're going to talk about actually is inspired to become a commander um, from Beverly and that of course is the other blue shirt. Uh, Deanna Troy, uh, Lieutenant Commander Troy, later Commander Troy, um, and uh, of course she faces her first command test or command test when she least expects it, and that's of course in disaster. So, Daniel, tell us about Captain Troy and disaster. Captain Troy. Oh boy, yeah, not not Captain Troy necessarily. Captain Troy <laughs> is, um, I think that's William on the on the. Uh, <laughs> on the Titan, yeah, the Titan. that's that's Captain Troy. Um, yeah, so when she takes her test in thine own self, um, that so that's obviously picked up from disaster, and because she's completely and almost completely incompetent in disaster, um, which is one of the major plot points of that episode, and and she has to kind of overcome that. The sometimes you know, sometimes in life, you just get in over your head and you fake it till you make it, and that's a. That. <laughs> That's the motto of Deanna Troy, I think. There's Starfleet. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> and uh, she, you know, she does. She comes out well and then listens to the the cooler headed one, which is O'Brien. Ironically enough, and <laughs> whoa, 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 you mean Rose? Not the cooler headed one. No, no, that headband is very warm. Yeah. <laughs> but so is O'Brien's curly hair. So it's like, who do you listen to? You know. Uh, but anyways, and. And not many people know that the ending of Disaster is when they finally come back on the bridge, and they're like, oh, well, thanks, Troy. Wait, Lieutenant Troy? Are you missing a pip? And then, like, you just see O'Brien going through the transport. <laughs> no, no, she, she's That's now why he a, decided to leave the Enterprise, because he had stolen she's now her a, pip. She's now a captain, and she's like, I gave myself a battlefield commission. <laughs> I mean, you know, it says something. In, that, in Disaster, it says something when... She literally, she's in a room with three people, and she literally didn't realize that she was the senior officer in that room. Uh, she never wears her ring. <laughs> it's good. She just forgets it. It's down here somewhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, she keep her pips on her space bra? Is that is that what we're trying to say here? I don't know. I'm I'm not familiar <laughs> with uh, 24th century feminine. I mean, she's lucky she has a com badge. Like it's the true. way they designed that <laughs> uniform. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, seriously, I mean, like, it's much better when they put her in an actual uniform. It's like, oh, hey, look, you have a rank. Look, you have, you know, a com badge, and you know, we can tell what department you're in. You know, you say there's no blue shirts because they gave her the, you know, gray with purple trim <laughs> for so many years. Yeah, no, I mean, really. You know, we we've we talked about this a thousand times before. The strength of Deanna is really the strength of, of the writing, and she can be a really interesting, really awesome character. And it, and it's it's unfortunate that it's few and far between that we get that. Um, but you know, like I I don't think like in my head after TNG, um, like even though she goes on to uh, the Titan. Uh, I don't see her ever becoming a captain of a ship, but she's still a commander. She's, st- I mean, what the like, USSS counselor? <laughs> she goes to Starfleet. Yeah, she counsel- could be head of they call Starfleet, Starfleet Medical Counseling <laughs> Division. Like, uh, yeah. I would buy that. That would be totally okay. She totally becomes Ezri's boss. <laughs> Ezri becomes a captain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing makes sense no, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think the the thing that I find interesting about Deanna is that she has like a really quick learning curve in disaster, That's true. which I feel like is is also a Voyager episode. Um, but anyway, um, well, but it, it's because she you have these, and it reminds me of real life, at least my army experience. That like you know when you're commissioned an officer, and I'm sure it's not just the army and email, but like you know you you're a second lieutenant or you're an ensign or whatever, you know, you, typically you're this, like, kid. You're, like, 20-something, but you're in charge because you're technically a commissioned officer. And there's, like, people who have been in the Army longer than you've been alive who you're now, you know, more senior to. Um, and so, like, but you have to, like, fake it till you make it, like you said, Daniel. But, like, I think, Troy, when you have O'Brien, you know, the the st- the, the stereotypical, you know, non-commissioned officer there to, to, to support his officer – you know, because he's the one who props her up. You're like, hey, you're the commander, and you know, I'm here to I'm here to give you all your suggestions. And uh, no, that's not exactly what uh, string theory is at all. Um, you know, and and, he, and but and then you have Ensign Rowe, You know, kind of like you know the like she's the Shelby of this episode. Like, I want your position. I can. You're 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 going too slow for me. You know, I, you know, I can take over. So, but it's, I think that at the end you have Troy being making a decision, which is always you know what you have to end up doing, and and but treating both of those folks with respect. You know, leaning on O'Brien, even leaning on Roe, using her resources. Well, and you mentioned um, Philip about her, you know, just having a really fast learning curve, and you know, the the other episode it makes me think of where she is basically in command in a sense is uh, face of the enemy. Where, I mean, talk about fast learning curve. Uh, by the way, you're now Tal Shiar on a, a enemy vessel. Go. You know, I mean, it's like improv night and it's, you know, with the stakes are deadly, you know. <laughs> I'll take I'll take two suggestions from the audience. I heard uh, covert <laughs> intelligence and I also heard... And death at the stakes, like, yeah. Uh, like Michael Scott said about improv comedy, you always start with a gun. There's nothing more dramatic than a gun. Um, but yeah, but she, you know, she, she really shines in that. I mean, she, she keeps her wits. She does take, she does take command of the Warbird eventually. Yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> and then she sits down and is all like, you're going to do this, you know, and she's totally bluffing her way through like 90% of that episode. And she does it super successfully. Like there's, I mean, yeah. she definitely does do it. I mean, she had an itchy trigger man who was like, shoot first, 
<laughs> explain <laughs> later, but... We call him War <laughs> no, 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 you meant. Um, but, you know, but who's the father, Beverly? No, just... <laughs> <laughs> of the Warbird. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it, it reminds me, and again, if we have to assume and that everyone steals from Picard, it reminds me of that, that line in Attached... Um, where like he, you know, Beverly and Picard are walking around, and Picard's like, "Oh, let's go this way." And Beverly's like, "You have no <laughs> idea where we're going, do you? You're just making See, it even off. Picard <laughs> fakes it until he makes yeah. it. That's yeah. that's that's the secret, people. Everybody, everybody <laughs> is equally lost. Uh. Well, our our next person who went from red to gold to red, I guess, eventually, um, yeah. is Jordy LaForge. Fastest um, and, promotion uh, in the West. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, we've talked about it before, but we're going to talk about it again. Um, Arsenal of Freedom, which I think is another example of, of what we've been talking about, because it seems to me that many of these episodes are these these characters that we like kind of stumbling their way through their first command. And I think that's what we see in Arsenal of Freedom. Um, you know, uh, Darren, which, you know, what kind of, what do you think of Lieutenant Junior Grade in command of the Enterprise? What he lacked in pips, he made up for in guts. No, uh, and no, Jordan is great. I mean, he even like, you know, he separates the saucer. I mean, he's using advanced, you know, Enterprise tactics in this situation. You know, again, like using the atmosphere to detect, uh, the alien probes and, you know, but he relies on his team and the, there's, it's so much fun with, you know, not not just, you know, Jordy LaForge, but also just LeVar Burton. Like, when he's in that mode, you can kind of see the LeVar Burton reading Rainbow, like, kind of coming out a little bit where he's just like, okay, people, we're going to do this. Like, he's either explaining something or he's, like, leading. Like, he just has that natural charisma that comes across. He's pounding his fist into something. Yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, fire everything. Um, but, uh, sir, it's a scientific mission. <laughs> fire every probe. <laughs> we only have two. Fire all the probes. Uh, but yeah, but no, I love Jordy in command. And what about you, Daniel? You know, I, I, and I just want to submit that because O'Brien wasn't on the bridge, no one tells Troy that she actually outranks Jordy in that episode, and then instead, Jordy uses her as a counselor. So, Daniel, what do you think of Jordy in command? Uh, I like, you know, I, I like it. Um, Jordy is one of the characters, like I mentioned about Deanna, I just, I just don't see them naturally fitting into that position in a permanent state. Um, whereas like, so perhaps you would like to see an episode called timeless. (laughs) So, you know, like, like Picard and Riker obviously are, are captains. That's who they are. Like, even though we'd never really technically get to see captain Riker, except for, um, that one episode, I can't remember the title of it. I'll tell me. Best of both worlds. (laughs) Oh yeah. Best of both. Well, obviously best of both. I was actually thinking of the Romulan one. Um, face of the enemy. Oh, the defector. No. The Romulan the Ro- one. The, I, I need more than the Romulan one. The Romulan one, one where they kidnap Riker. Or, and they, well, no, it's that, it's that little boy, actually. But it makes him think that. Oh, future, future perfect. 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 Thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. <sighs> the Romulan one. Tomalock is a cameo <laughs> at best in that episode. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. Well, I, I guess I was double bluffed by that little, that strange little boy. <laughs> 
very Romulan of you. But anyways, um, you know, so obviously... Is your the- grandfather a Romulan Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought you were blue-shirted because you were a Vulcan. What the- but those guys are obviously captain captains. Um, and it, it's silly to think that everybody would become a captain. Um, this isn't TOS, after all. And, and I, I just... So, like, Jordian Command makes sense for, like, a temporary situation... Um, like they made him a captain of a galaxy class ship in Voyager, and I was just like, meh, 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 meh. Well, and, and in the in novels the future, as well, he is he's the captain of the Challenger, which is a, a galaxy a class. Then the novels they must uh, conflict with the actual canon on screen because, well, not the not on screen, but the JJ canon asserts that he's and he's still an engineer. Right? He does he develops ships. He created the jellyfish, didn't he? In um, in the comics, maybe it's even farther in the future. I don't know. Well, JJ, messed you're it also all up. forgetting. <laughs> is he a captain novelist? Because all That's good true. things says he becomes a writer. Well, honestly, so. well, if 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 it is the 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 case that in the novels he's a captain and in the JJ verse he becomes uh, you know a ship designer, I actually I've got to say I. As far as his character is concerned, I kind of side with the JJ side of it. I, I totally see him being a starship designer before I ever see him becoming a captain of a ship. That just that speaks more to me as who Jordy is than Whoa. Daniel. Are you telling me that a starship designer could suddenly become a commander and then a captain of a starship? Like some defiant <laughs> starship of some sort? Listen, I don't believe Philip, it. We don't, don't talk about it. the defiant here. <laughs> <laughs> That captain's just too power overpowered. <laughs> um, well, and, you know, I know they didn't, they stopped using it a lot, you know, the whole saucer separation thing. But if you think about it, I think Jordy is the, the perfect fit for whenever they're separating to command the star drive section. You know, like that's his section. That's where his office is, you know. And then, you know, they get the the saucer and they go out. I mean, I don't maybe beef up the, with the, the capabilities of the saucer a little bit, but... Um, I think that that would have made sense to me. Well, you know, it's interesting that even in Relics, when, you know, Jordy's in technically in command of the Chnolan, and then Scotty is the chief engineer. He destroyed that ship, so. remember? <laughs> Look, we've all lost the commands, okay? <laughs> the cards lost two, you know, Kirk's lost one and To his half, credit, or, he was not know. at the helm of the Enterprise D. <laughs> <laughs> but goodness all right next is, is a character we've kind of talked about but not really so this may be a first time we're opening this particular box of children's drawings um and that is the other captain of the starship enterprise and that's of course thomas hallow oh no wait hold on no it's uh, captain edward jellico um who took command of the enterprise d in chain of command parts one and two and so, Daniel, um, before you tell us about Captain Jellico, can you get rid of that dang fish? Uh, that is rude, because uh, he's a member of the crew, <laughs> Philip. So uh, I don't know if you noticed his tiny little com badge, but uh, it is there. He's lucky he even has one. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. I mean, he doesn't have pips like Diana, but they're there. <laughs> it, Jellico makes a huge impression uh, right in the in the episode. He He really does, because he's so starkly contrasted with Picard. Um, we like it's immediate that people you, you know the entire conflict of that of that situation is the Jellico Riker situation. And it's interesting to think to me because 
in in Farpoint, Riker doesn't get Picard. He doesn't get him at all. Like he like he comes up like Picard doesn't even look at him. Well, Picard is kind of a jerk in their first meeting. No, no, I, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Like it's it's and like the first two seasons. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because like <laughs> it's so funny because Riker the the Farpoint Riker I think would have d- dealt much better with. Uh, Jellico than season six, season five at this point. Oh, seasoned. That's a horrible thing you can say about a first officer. <laughs> See, you know, you know, it, well, like, that, that's exactly a perfect example of it. But like, Riker had gone, had grown complacent and had grown used to Picard, and they had developed this relationship. Um, it's interesting to think that that Riker that was so kind of at odds with Picard in the beginning was gone that he's now a different Riker. He's a, he's a, just a, he's more go with the flow kind of a guy. And, and season one Riker would have actually, I think gotten along with Jellico much better than that season. I can't remember what chain of command is. It's the end of season five to season six, right? Yeah. Um, season end of season five. No, season it's six. a, it's a mid, well, it's, it's a it mid season. Remember it's deep space nine started at season four, Canada. season five then. No, it's Tana Command's not a season splitter. It's not a. It's, oh, it's, it's right. It's a mid season one. Five, yeah. Then, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. There's no da 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 at the end of part one. <laughs> Will Picard be found? <laughs> Will Riker ever <laughs> sit in the center yes, chair you're again? Right, you're right. Yep, 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 yep. Sorry. Is it a first officer from now on? <laughs> yes, I hope so. Yeah, that's um, true. That's that is that is also data placing command when doesn't he relieve Riker? <laughs> Well, it doesn't. He doesn't. He actually wear red yeah. in this episode. Yeah, and so Troy wears right. blue. I mean, Jellicoe's yeah, a man just, who can get things done. That's right. He puts up kids' drawings and changes everyone's uniform. Well, um, but like, one thing I, I did want to note before getting your opinion, Dan, is that Captain Jellicoe, like compared to the other people we've talked about, whether it's Jordy or Deanna and and Data, and to a certain extent Beverly, we've all seen them sort of like their first day of command or their second day of command. Captain Jellicoe, like Captain Picard, is a senior officer, so like he's already there. So I he's already designing his admiral tunic, you know. Exactly. So, you know, there's sort of a difference. Like, we're not seeing him, like, hit, taking his first steps. This is, like, his second or third command. He, like, he's already captain of the Cairo, I believe. But anyway, but yet, Darren, what would you think of Captain Jellico and his interesting thoughts about shifts and rotations? <laughs> Look, this is a four-shift podcast. Uh, it's just what's going to happen. Uh, but, no, I think it's a great... Um, you know, like you said, it's a great juxtaposition to Picard. And I don't know, Philip, if, if you ever had an experience like this in your time in the military where you had a new commanding officer come in who just shook everything up and kind of had to, you know, you had to, you know, buckle up for the ride. But, uh, you know, I, I think Jellico really makes Starfleet even more believable because, yeah, there's going to be different people. There's going to be different styles. And he's... He's not the bad guy, but in in a lot of ways, he's kind of the antagonist of the episode. I mean, because he's against... <laughs> Compared to the torturing Cardassian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. He's, I'm, he's not the bad guy, but again, he's he's pushing our characters. He's causing character growth. Um, and yeah, so it's season uh, episode 10 in season 6. Uh, so you're right, you're right, Daniel. It was season 6 uh, that Chain of Command takes place in. And I mean, I mean, I can't look at chain of command or or jellico without thinking of robocop obviously but yeah but uh but ronnie cox is just you know you know that makes me think of of robocop i mean he's 
you know, the, the upstart executive who's going to take it all down. But, um, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, but he's a great character and I mean, again, novels and other things, I think he goes off to, he gets that Picard spot of running Starfleet Academy or something that, uh, because Picard just won't sit down behind the Admiral's well, desk. It, well, it's interesting because in a lot of ways he reminds me of Picard, which I know is, is weird to say because we think like, oh, you know, he's completely different. But like if you look at like season one, two, three Picard, like, you know, Jellicoe comes in. He wants, you know, a, a high engine efficiency. I forget exactly what it is. But like he's riding Geordi to be like, I want my ship if it's going to be, you know, the – the uh, flagship of the Federation to be the best running one. So this is where I want you to be. And Jordy's, you know, complaining like he's making us do work. Picard <laughs> never makes us do work, Man. you know. And you know, and uh, you know, he's he makes it even more formal, right? Like everyone who wants to think like Picard is this like stiff upper lip, like Jellicoe's even more formal than Picard. Like I want it to be announced when the captain's on the deck. I want people in uniforms, and like suddenly it's like, well, suddenly Picard, you know, it seems like the free spirit of the group, you know. And and of course, the, ostensibly the reason he's brought on is because he has this experience with Cardassians, and so you know we sort of see that dichotomy with Picard being you know his diplomatic, the way we think he would handle it, um, and then we see Jellicoe just playing hardball with you know the Cardassian of the week. Well, it's a good thing that uh, it wasn't Captain Maxwell and his experience with Cardassians <laughs> who came on board in Chain of Command. Search the damn ship. <laughs> if the phaser don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> Uh, ask your ki- ask your parents, kids. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Better you don't. Really, I don't think you need to be. Uh, you're not missing anything. But yeah. But um, no, overall, I think Jellicoe is just, I think he's underrated as uh, for his time at the, the helm of the, the 1701D. I mean, he's a he's a great captain, uh, just different style, but he's a really good captain. He, he gets his mission done. It's a very difficult mission, too, uh, you know, having Picard gone and all of that. Like in TNG, we don't get... Uh, at least off the top of my head, I can't think of like an episode where like Riker and Picard disagree to a, to a point where like Riker resigns or essentially resigns or, or is tempor- temporarily relieved. But like in Voyager, this is kind of a plot line that happens occasionally where Chakotay and Janeway like. D- he gets relieved every season, doesn't he? Yeah, I, yeah that's what I would imagine because Janeway's kind of a psychopath and just yep. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Every Voyager fans teasing. That's the number, <laughs> not the word. Um, <laughs> you know, but 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 it's that's like a that's a that's a Voyager thing where like the first officer and the and the captain argue to the point where you know one of them just like quits for a minute. To, to cool off like that's kind of what happens here with Jellicoe so it's it's novel in the next generation and it becomes something a little bit more standard later on um, even with Into Space Nine with with uh, Cisco and Kira like they they don't really get to that point I don't think a lot but they definitely argue more consistently I think than Riker and Picard so it, it is interesting to to see. Jellicoe come in here. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as so far as to say I would want to see Jellicoe on a weekly basis. I, I don't think I would want to watch a Jellicoe series. But if he was a reoccurring captain, like uh, you know, maybe he could. Maybe he. We could. Maybe he would be the captain of the hood, and we would finally have just a captain over there, and he could. And they could all play poker together or whatever. I don't know, but. Well, as we were talking about, you know the 
the uh, about ha- Captain Halloway, I just read that at one point Ronald D. Moore considered making Jellico the captain they see in the alternate tapestry, which I think would have been yes. almost a little more fitting. I mean, you you may not have had the money to to get Ronnie Cox to to come out for a shot, but it would have been. I think that, or you could just reuse some footage from, uh, or was this? Oh, I'd have to check if that's before this one, but um, no, it must have been if they were considering it. But uh, you know, reuse a, a shot from Chain of Command. Well, but, I think that but the been thing is, in Tapestry, they don't. We never see the captain. It's not like they had to pay him. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe the, his contract. They do have to pay him if they say his name. But like, it would. Oh, wait, do we have to pay him now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have just been his name. It's not like it would have been. No, but I'm saying you, you could have used a shot from Tapestry or from uh, from Chain of Command to like insert Maybe a shot. Maybe in All Good Things, there could have been the fourth timeline with Captain <laughs> the Jell- darkest timeline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's the captain where, where Riker's got that beard, that crazy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that crazy the beard. The captain Riker is from, dead. <laughs> and we got this guy. My beard no, is going crazy. Don't send us back to the fifth shift. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh goodness. Cool. Well, you know, it's been fun talking about command styles and TNG today, but this is just one of the many Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek.fm this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. No doubt. You would always go director's cut. I would always go director's cut because this because is what the director, right. director intended. It's art. This is not a democracy. It's a cheerocracy. And the director is the cheer-tater. Earl Grey. You know, what the dressing up and what the, the clubs and the meetings, and the podcast, you know, all really comes down to is just finding and talking and being around other people who enjoy something that you really enjoy. The Orb. I'd like to see the Borg assimilate Ferenginar, and then they would become bankers. You know, I could see... Oh my gosh, I could see bankers. drones. Yeah, yeah. The, the world's <laughs> strictest bank ever. Right. I'm sorry, you have not paid your loan. You will be assimilated. <laughs> the nanites go into you. <laughs> yes! The ready room. Oh man, I can see, instead of Kirk, it's Mike Ditka throughout the entire... <laughs> He's just like chewing the whole time, like... Yeah. <laughs> Edith Killer must... Die. Oh, she's gotta die. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. The theme song, I mean, I, I guess it's cool. The thing that, that I was kind of struck by was the opening title sequence itself. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's None literally like all three of them are running for their lives. The 602 Club. But I loved the scene with um, Lucy and Tumnus when they first meet, because mm-hmm. that's a very yeah. vivid description in the book. Um, and I felt like they, they really nailed that as in terms of the way it looked and, and the CGI was advanced enough so that, um, James McAvoy really looked like he had fond legs and literary treks. Tell us about coming up with this, this story for the crew of the enterprise. Where did it come from for you? And what were some of your inspirations for diving into these characters once again? Well, Troublesome Minds was such a book that it left me with, as if I I didn't quite finish. I'd come up with Troublesome Minds as an idea that the the idea was what pushes Spock toward Kolinar. Axanar. 
the official podcast. There is more to life than just get up, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed, repeat until dead. There's more to life than that. And I, I believe that uh, that's the essential magic of Star Trek is that it says it, it appeals to that that urge to get up off the couch, walk out the front door, and go see what's out there. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook.com slash TrekFM, or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Daniel, when, if people want to contact you about how blue shirts can advance in rank, where can they reach you on the internet? You can reach me with the hashtag blue shirts matter. Or you can find me at one of Dan. <laughs> that is the number one, not the word. And Darren, when you're not trying to offend the entire <laughs> podcast listening community, where can folks listen to you? Uh, they can find me on searching for a new podcast co-host. Uh, <laughs> no, they can find me under Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And folks can reach me at hashtag red shirts forever that's with a f- number four not the word um and that's at at uh on twitter at nc public servant that's nc for not currently in command all right guys well my alarm just went off and i have to go catch the bus if i want to go to school on time so until next week make it so live long and prosper engage fire 